0: It's one o'clock on Benche, the headlines. A group set up to counter the government's stance on the anti-extradition protest holds its first press conference. The chairwoman of the Confederation of Trade Unions, who helped organize yesterday's general strike, says there could be further action. And members of the DAB show their support for the police force. A group has been set up to counter the government's stance on the anti-extradition protests. At its first media event, civil press conference, said the government had been distorting the facts. Dressed in black shirts and wearing masks and the trademark yellow hard hats of the protesters, they hit back at the government's claim that the economy had been damaged. A spokesman of the group, who identified himself as Jerry Chan, said the economy was being hurt by the external factors, not the protests.
1: There's a lack of direct connection between the slowing down of the economy in the second quarter and the protest. The escalation of the protest did not occur until June 9. While only a minority of shops in the affected areas were closed early to avoid the protest, the impact of such was neglectable in comparison to the overall size of Hong Kong's economy.
0: The hospital authority says about 40 people sought treatment following the clashes between anti-extradition protesters and police yesterday and early this morning. It said two men were in a serious condition and 14 were stable. Riot police had cleared most of the demonstrators who had been supporting yesterday's general strike by around 2 o'clock this morning. Alex Price reports. At shifting locations across Kowloon, demonstrators ripped up paving
1: stones and fences to make barricades across main roads. In a now familiar pattern, they repeatedly taunted police, only to retreat or disperse when a charge looked imminent. Officers retaliated to petrol bombs and stones with tear gas and rubber bullets. Earlier, the protesters targeted police stations, attacking the buildings with bricks and starting fires. At the Wang Sin station, petrol bombs were thrown into the compound, setting fire to at least one car.
0: The chairwoman of the Confederation of Trade Unions, who helped organize yesterday's general strike, says there could be further action if the government fails to respond to the demands of the anti-extradition protesters soon. Carol says around 350,000 workers took part, but she said the organization of any future strike would still have to be looked at.
1: If there is still no proper response from the government and provided different platforms in the movements. They are further discuss if the uh, non-violence way is suitable. I will presume it's possible to have another strike, but whether next time we need to learn from this time, have a uh, better organisations, uh, have a um, longer time to uh, get it arranged or planned. So um, I would say, um, yeah, it, it, it could be.
0: Members of the DAB gathered outside police headquarters this morning to show the support for the force. They said the anti-extradition bill campaign has turned into a revolution and is challenging the one country, two systems principle. Lawmaker Ben Chan praised the police.
1: Support police law enforcement to maintain social order. I would like to strongly condemn the violence attacked the police who breaks and disrupt the social order. More violence, which included arson, attacked the police station and some residents, and even fights in the streets. This is uh, contrary to our the principle of our social that we have.
0: After the DAB left, around 20 members of the Hong Kong Fujian Women Association handed out a fruit basket to a police representative to thank officers. Shenzhen police have conducted a massive riot control drill this morning. In the drill, those playing the role of the protesters were dressed in black, the color favored by Hong Kong's anti-extradition protesters. Timmy Song has the details. 1,500 officers were said to have taken part in the drill. Their mission was to disperse some 2,000 people playing the part of protesters. Shenzhen police initially described the protesters who were wearing hard hats, face masks and holding placards as troublemakers. They later called them a mob. Those playing the role of protesters held bricks and petrol bombs and pushed a trolley at police that was on fire. They also attacked the officers with wooden sticks. A SWAT team later fired tear gas to disperse the crowd and made arrests. According to the Weibo accounts of Shenzhen police, the summer drill was to promote national political safety and social stability ahead of the 17th anniversary of the establishment of the People's Republic of China, in which large-scale celebrations are expected. The U.S. has formally accused China of manipulating its currency, a day after Beijing allowed the yuan to fall below the key seven per dollar level for the first time in a decade. The U.S. Treasury Department said the move showed that Chinese authorities had control over the yuan's exchange rate. The yuan's shop drop caused significant losses on Wall Street, as the BBC's Michelle Fleury reports from New York. Just last week, U.S. stock markets were at record levels. But then, on Sunday night, Beijing responded to President Trump's threat of new tariffs by letting its currency, the yuan, fall in value against the dollar. Hours later, with no end in sight to Mr. Trump's trade battle with China, all of the major indexes tumbled when the U.S. markets opened. Investors are increasingly worried that the trade war between the world's two largest economies is spiraling out of control and will hurt the global economy. North Korea is reported to have fired two missiles off its east coast, according to the South Korean military. From Seoul, the BBC's Laura Bicker has more details.
1: The South Korean military is still analysing the launch but there are reports that it could be yet another short-range missile test. This time the missiles are believed to have flown west to east over the peninsula before landing in the Sea of Japan. In what appears to be a coordinated move, North Korea's foreign ministry released a statement accusing South Korea and the US of playing all sorts of tricks to justify joint military exercises which started yesterday.
0: European Union negotiators discussing political developments in Britain ahead of the looming Brexit deadline say it is as if the negotiations have gone back three years. According to one EU official, there was no meaningful basis for negotiations because the new British government under Boris Johnson was insisting that the Irish backstop guaranteeing free trade on the island of Ireland should be removed from the withdrawal agreement. The leaders of Bosnia's three main parties have agreed to form a central government, ending a 10-month impasse after last October's general election. The heads of the country's largest ethnic parties, representing Serbs, Croats and Bosnian Muslims, reached a compromise at a meeting facilitated by a senior EU official. The EU has welcomed a breakthrough. The U.S. Special Envoy, Zalmay Khalizad, says excellent progress has been made in talks with the Taliban, suggesting the two sides are close to a deal to end the conflict in Afghanistan. Leaving the talks in Qatar, Mr. Khalizad said only technical discussions about the implementation of the agreement remained. Here's the BBC's Least Doucette. The deal includes a phased US troop pullout in exchange for Taliban guarantees that Afghanistan will not be used by extremist groups to attack American targets. And the Taliban will also begin negotiations with an Afghan delegation on a framework for peace, including an eventual ceasefire. Those talks are to start immediately after this first deal is announced and then signed in what's expected to be an international ceremony. The former U.S. President Barack Obama has called on Americans to reject the language of hatred, fear, and racial intolerance from any of their leaders. Mr. Obama did not name anyone, but his rare intervention came after President Trump sought to deflect criticism that his anti-immigrant rhetoric fueled violence. 31 people died in two mass killings over the weekend. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. While the president condemned white supremacy, his opponents have argued that his use of racist language in the past could be partly to blame for attacks like the shooting in El Paso. All of us, Mr Obama said, had to send a clarion call and behave with the values of tolerance and diversity that should be the hallmark of our democracy. The former president's views were echoed by the Democratic candidate Beto O'Rourke, who is campaigning to become his party's presidential nominee. He's from El Paso and has been visiting the scene of the shooting. Meanwhile a court in the United States has sentenced a Florida man to 20 years in prison for mailing explosives to prominent Democrats like Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. Cesar Sayoc had pleaded guilty to 30 criminal charges in March. A decision by Delhi to revoke the special status given to Jammu and Kashmir has provoked anger in the Muslim-majority state and in Pakistan. The Pakistani Education Minister, Shafkat Mahmood, said the relationship between the two countries is now more strained.
1: Our government, ever since it took office a year ago, we have repeatedly said that we would like to resolve all our disputes and Kashmir with India. And therefore, we have always been extending a hand of peace. But these escalations from Indian side continue and they just make the situation more fraught now. I think Pakistan uh, will uh, use all the international uh, agencies. We'll be going to the United Nations. We'll be going to the United Commission for Human Rights. And this is patently against UN resolutions, which were are still in the field, they are still applicable. And these resolutions clearly stated that there will be a plebiscite in Kashmir and all of this is just a negation of all of that. So there's a lot of anger in Pakistan, just as there's a lot of anger in Kashmir. <laughs>
0: Two newspaper publishers in the United States have agreed a $1.4 billion merger deal, which will create the country's biggest newspaper chain. The new media investment will buy the publisher of USA Today, Gannett, making a media group with 263 daily papers. The move aims to reverse declining revenues as readers shift increasingly to online news sources. Police in London have charged a teenager with attempted murder after a six-year-old boy was allegedly thrown from the 10th floor of the Tate Modern Art Gallery. A 17-year-old will appear in court later today. Police have confirmed that the victim is a French national visiting London with his family and that his injuries are no longer life-threatening. A short time ago, the Hanseng index was at 25,930. That's 219 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $72 billion. And in currencies, the yuan fell to a fresh record low after the United States said it would designate China a currency manipulator, its first such move since 1994. But the fall this morning was marginal, as China's central bank fixed a firmer than expected daily reference rate. And in other currencies, the US dollar is trading at 107.02 yen. The euro is standing at one US dollar and 11 cents. And the pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 51 cents. And now for the sports, here's Joanne Wong.
1: From Etchbaston.
0: Cummins tries again and works as gliding the ball off. The glove is out. He's caught at second slip. It's all over. Australia have won this game and they're hugging each other down there. Steve Smith took the catch. Australia have come up with the most gratifying, memorable win from where they were at 8 for 122, the margin of 251 runs. And they've been all over England today. And this has been a comprehensive victory for Australia.
1: Australia was celebrating after taking the lead in an Ashes series on English soil for the first time in 14 years. Australia were 122 for 8 on the first day, but fought their way back thanks to two superb centuries from Steve Smith and Nathan Lyons' six wickets on the final day. They ended up winning by 251 runs. Smith playing in his first test after a one-year ban for his involvement in the ball-tampering scandal was voted man of the match. I'm loving being back playing cricket for australia doing what i love and and contributing to to wins um, it's been a pretty special week uh to, to score 200s in an ashes test match um first time i've ever done that in any form of cricket in my life so and if you have done it <laughs> yeah so
0: very special very pleased and, and very proud
1: Cycling organizers of the Tour of Poland have decided to neutralize the fourth stage of the event to pay tribute to Belgian cyclist Björk Lambrecht. The 22 year old from Team Lotto soudal died in hospital on Monday after a crash during the third stage. Lambrecht has secured a series of strong finishes during one day classics in the spring and was named most promising youngster in the June Tour of the Dauphiné, a preparatory event of the Tour de France. Football Harry Maguire has described his $97 million US dollar move to Manchester United as an incredible opportunity. United confirmed his signing from Leicester City, which makes him the most expensive defender in the world on Monday. The former Premier League midfielder Michael Brout, who played with Maguire at Hull City, believes it's a good move for the club and the player.
0: He is an unbelievable character. He's a great lad. When I signed for Hull he signed two or three weeks be- before me and he actually patient and he's running him them kids that, you know everyone takes to he's always involved any he- Any event that was happening, the lads take to him straight away. He's just just a character.
1: London Olympics hurdles gold medalist Sally Pearson has announced her retirement from elite track and field after failing to recover from a series of recent leg injuries. The 32-year-old won the 100-meter hurdles at London in 2012, four years after a surprise run to silver at the Beijing Games. She also won world championship titles in 2011 and 2017. And that's your look at sport.
0: And to end the news, the top stories again. A group set up to counter the government stance on the anti extradition protest holds its first press conference. The chairwoman of the Confederation of Trade Unions says there could be further strike action, and members of the DAB show their support for the police force. The news from RTHK.